In today's show, I'm going to go live on Locker Room and take your questions, bring you up on the stage, have a chat, ask some questions. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Floyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We are going to do a locker room show here. So getting guys up on the stage, ask questions, have a chat. Let's see how we go and bring those blokes in. All right, now let's uh, bring in our first uh, first guest here up on the locker room stage, Eubank Seki. Eubank, how are you? Maybe Hello. not. How are you doing? Good. How are how you, man? All right, good to hear you. Good to hear you. I'm good as well. What's up? Oh, I think you've dropped out there. Hi, hello. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry. I dropped out for a bit. Yeah. Go ahead. What's your question? Yeah, sorry, what did you say? Uh, my question is, um, so I'm a big fan of Australia. Mm-hmm. Yo, what, mate? <laughs> so, and I want to ask, is basketball big in Australia? And is there an Australian league? There is, there is an Australian league, yes. That's where Lamelo Ball and RJ Hampton played last year. That's where you're going to see guys like Josh Giddy coming across from next season. Um, oh, yeah. Is it big? Yeah, look, it's relatively big. I wouldn't say that it's yeah, it's not the, big, it's not the biggest. Yeah, on the spectrum of like the NBA, how big is it? Um, no, nowhere near, nowhere near that. Like it's probably our fourth, fourth biggest league here, fifth biggest league. Fourth, I don't know. Uh, it's not that okay. big. It's not that bad. Yeah, yeah okay. it's not that big. All right, Fair enough. Thanks for the question, mate. Uh, no problem, mate. All right, who else have we got in here? Gabriel Herrera. Gabriel, how are you? Hello, can you hear me? I can, man. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, so I just want to say I'm a big fan of yours, and uh, I love your content. Before Th- I get to the question. Thanks, man. All right, so this is kind of like a two-part question. I have Jimmy Butler, and it's a point league, uh, points league and 10-team. T- uh, and I also have Kevin Durant. So I want to know what you what do you think would be the best option to do with both of those guys? Because I know Jimmy Butler's bound to cool off, and I know Kevin Durant's gonna be like a month and a half, probably when he returns or even more. So I'm I was wondering what do you think I should be trying to get from these guys, like trading wise. Well, Butler is going to cool off, but we've already seen him cool off. Like he was at that top five, top four level for a bit, and he's cooled back off. So I, I wouldn't, exp- I wouldn't be worried too much about what Butler's doing. Right? I think at this point, the sell high window from that high play post All Star break has cooled off, and he's sort of sitting in about the right area now. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be panicking too much there. As for Durant, I don't think he's going to be as long as you expect him to still be out. I think we're only talking about maybe another week or so here, and then he will be slow to come back for sure. Like there'll be some limited minutes, but I don't think he's that far away. And remember, you're know, talking about Kevin Durant here is a you know, top 10 player at worst, I'd say, in fantasy. So just be careful about you know, if you are trading away. Like, don't have that expectation that he's going to be missing a ton of time. I think he'll be back relatively or a lot sooner than you expect him to be back. And uh, yeah, look, I think April, he'll be back start of April. Now, I don't know when your playoffs uh, are going or anything along those lines, but I think you'll get him back within the next uh, within the next week to week and a half, not uh, not going to be out another month. But if you are trading for him, you want to get at least, at least a top 15 guy back with that expectation that he'll be returning uh, returning pretty soon there. All, All right. right, would you do like a... Oh, sorry, mate. Uh, got, to, got to go through these guys. James Charles. 
How are you, James? No. Just having some technical difficulties. James, you're still there? Does not look like it. Let's bring the next guy in. Elon Ben. Elon, did I pronounce that correctly? He's not here as well. Elon, are you there? All right. Let's go to another one. It's like Talkback Radio. Dave Smith. Are you there? All right. We'll see you later. That's ridiculous. Max Silverstein. Max, how are you? Hey, Josh. Can you hear me? Yeah, man. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I uh, just had a quick question about my 12-team, 10-cat league. It's uh, no turnovers with field goals made and double-doubles. Okay. Um, the So the bottom of my team, um, I've had uh, Miles Bridges and Steven Adams on my team all year. I just added Thomas Adoransky recently, but those are kind of the bottom guys on my team. Uh, Malik Monk would probably be in that group as well. I'm just wondering... If uh, any of those guys you would consider dropping to get ready for playoffs, I'm in second place pretty comfortably, and I want to kind of prepare for playoffs. I think all of those guys that you mentioned, yeah, Adams and uh, and, and Malik Monk in that mix as well, uh, they're not guys that you need to. I can't remember who the third person was you mentioned, but he's another guy that I don't think you need to be holding on to those guys. Um, and just right. you're waiting for look their, their value is not that high like you, in the playoffs your streaming is going to be super important using the schedule to your advantage is going to be super important looking at wh- when a guy gets hurt unexpectedly and then someone randomly specs- steps into a big role and those players at the back end and you know, look Malik Mark by the time you get to the playoffs might have actually established himself as like a top 100 guy I think that's unlikely but uh, there is a potential for that to happen but guys like Adams right. like we've seen it all season like he's just not there so yeah the way you've got to look at it again is that his roster spot will give you three and a half games for a week on average, usually. But if you stream that spot, you might get five to five and a half games a week. And considering he's barely top 150, and you're getting an extra 50% of games in that spot is way, way more valuable. And there's not someone to say, well, you've got to drop Adams to get this guy for playoffs. It's more, you've got to drop Adams when you get to the playoffs and cycle through, trying to find that upside guy that might explode, but also just using that spot to get those five to six games in during the week rather than just holding on in that scenario. Okay, thanks so much. No worries, Max, thanks. Aiden, I know you're here. Let's go. Aiden Vahidi, how are you? Me? Hey, man. Hello? Yep, got you. Hey, what's going on? How are you? Good man, you? I'm not bad. Again, another Friday. <laughs> yep. So uh, I guess my question is, I have uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant on the bench right now, or because they're injured mm-hmm. on IL. Um, it's a 10-team, 9-cat league. I'm punting uh, like field goal and turnovers. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question would be, should I try moving Kevin Durant? Because I feel like I have, for now until the playoffs, like a solid team around me. I have James Harden like Kat, uh, Rashawn Holmes, and Trey Young. But I was wondering if, if I should try to make that like two-for-one, three-for-one deal on Kevin Durant because I feel like I have uh, too many guys who are must-roster, like roster-role 10-team guys. So you think I should make like a two-for-one, three-for-one, try to clear up some room? Look, getting it, doing a two-for-one, which includes Kevin Durant, is tough because like, when you're doing a two-for-one, you're ideally wanting to trade up to get a top-10 player. Right, but if you've right. already got a top ten player in that two for one deal, like what are you actually trading up to get? Like unless you're including Durant plus someone to get Nikola Jokic, you know, I'm not sure how that really Tried works. That. <laughs> yeah, which that's that that's that's tough to pull off because right. yeah, any sort of two for one there, you're almost definitely going to be losing value in in that scenario. So 
while the frustration again in having the three Nets guys is, is probably palpable there for you, and they're probably going to sit some I have games. Four Nets guys, I have Joe Harris too. Okay, so what? What? I'd, if you're looking to open up some spots, I think a two for one's a good idea. Right. But two for ones involving top five or top ten players, unless you're getting a top two guy back, it's it's not worth it. You're looking for right. your best idea is your, your two top thirties or two top twenties for a top ten. That's that's more of the angle you should be going for, um, and then maybe right. looking to do Durant as a as a one for one. Look for whoever's got Carl Anthony Towns because they're going to be panicking about shutdowns. I do. Oh, Jesus! Well, yeah, I think I think you're going to be all right. You got Harden, Durant, Irving, um, and I have, Towns. Here, I have Harden, Cat, uh, Rashawn Holmes, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and Trey Young as my main guys. Yeah, I think you're going to be okay. I Look, I, I don't think you're going to be too. Right. Yeah, look, in the end, you're just going to yeah. drop your worst player. That's probably going to be Joe Harris, and you and you stream stream through that spot. Right. And I think you're going to be okay. Aiden, uh, thank you for uh, thanks All for coming right. yeah. on. Thanks. Yeah, I'll be back next week. <laughs> I'm sure you will. All right, I'll see you then. All right, who else yep. have we got here in the queue? Um, let's go with Yancey Mack. Yancey, how are you? Good, Josh. How are you doing? Good, man. Uh. In a Yahoo Standard League 10, uh, 10 team, um, would you trade D'Angelo for Victor Oladipo? Huh. Now, I am not particularly bullish on Oladipo in Miami. Look, there is a lot of guards there, and Oladipo has not been good this year. I know his reputation is really good and for what he's done in the past, but Dragic, Robinson, Hero, none. You can include Butler as a guard. Like, where does he fit into that mix? He probably does start on name reputation alone, but Miami's not a team that's going to put up with uh, subpar play. So if he's struggling, he might play twenty five minutes a night. He he might play thirty four. I, I I don't know. So while I think D'Angelo Russell struggles and he's not a particularly impactful on court player. I feel pretty confident that when he is back, he will be better than Victor Oladipo. You just got to wait until he returns. There is way more uncertainty for me with Oladipo with those other guys there in Miami. Like I, I just, I assume they start him and put Kendrick Nunn to the bench. I assume that'll happen. But then you still got Hero Dragic, Robinson, and that's your yeah, 96 guard minutes. And so how much is he playing in that quartet? And that's not even including a guy like Nunn, who Spolster does like, but will yeah, easily kick out of the rotation. So I'm a little bit worried about where Oladipo sits. And if he's not... From here on out, a top 100 player, Oladipo, I wouldn't be surprised. I think I would look at the Russell side, even though he is hurt, uh, as as more safe, more secure, and more um, more stable as we move forward. Okay, perfect. Gotcha. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot. All right, who else have we got in this queue? David Kwan. Gabriel Herrera, I see you're back there. I'll get you in in a second because you dropped out before. David Kwan, how are you? Hey, what's up? Hey, man. I'm doing good. So the question I had, uh, my playoffs begin in the week of April 19th and ends on May 9th. Ooh, okay. And <clears throat> I was just wondering, what are some big names you'd anticipate that will sit out back-to-backs during this time? Look, it's almost impossible to tell because it's going to come down to if they're dealing with an injury uh, and where they sit in the standings. But I think you have to have that assumption that someone like Anthony Davis is, yeah, as he returns slowly from this Achilles injury, he's probably going to be really, yeah, and LeBron at that point, that's sort of going to be that stage that they, they might sit some of those back-to-backs. Um, it's going to be teams that are secure in their playoff spot. It might be someone, in, it might be Philadelphia. So you might have Embiid sitting a back-to-back or two there. You might be looking at, um, I, I doubt the Utah guys will, but that's a potential. I doubt the Denver guys will. Maybe you get a couple of Clippers sitting some back-to-backs, like uh, Kawhi perhaps sits one back then. But I'm not, it's it's really a big guessing game. And I think making a ton of fantasy moves based on those assumptions when we are 
six weeks away from that sort of thing it is really tough because so much can happen in that time. Injuries can crop up to players, um, seedings. Look, the Lakers might drop from the two seed to the seventh seed in that time, and they can't afford to rest guys who are you know, on the surface healthy during that time frame. So it is really tough to be able to predict that. And I think making moves based on it is probably going to get you into trouble rather than help you in the long run. Right. All right. Thank you. Nice, man. All right. Let's go on to Gabriel. Gabriel Herrera. How are you? Hello. Can you hear me again? I can, man. Hello. Uh, thanks again. Uh, are you worried at all about Zach Levine since he's been underperforming lately and then now they're adding Vucevic to the mix? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Like his numbers have look, they've been they've been good, but they are dropping off. Um, yeah, from where he was to begin the season, somewhat. The Vooch situation obviously has an impact on him because Vucevic is a much higher usage player than either Wendell Carter or Thad Young, who have been starting at center. But I think that might I think they might put Larry Markkinen onto the bench, which will reduce the usage in that starting group. I, I'm not like super panicking about Zach Levine. I'm not thinking he's going to drop to become like a barely top 50 player, but I do think that his current drop in a little bit of his numbers will actually you know, maybe worsen somewhat with Vooch arriving. It won't be huge, but I think there is a potential for that to drop off, yeah. So do you think it'd be good to get rid of him now? It depends on what you get back. So I think it's worth exploring for sure. Um, it depends what sort of play you want to get back, but you look look for the... Yeah, I tell you who I'd be looking at, like someone like a Jimmy Butler who has been playing really at a high level, but has started to come back. And people, like we had an earlier caller on today, saying, "Yeah, I worry about where where Butler's going to be, and he's going to drop off even further." So, look, in terms of their ranking numbers, they're not that far apart over the course of the season. But yeah, I, but you, I guess you could have the same worry with Butler with Oladipo coming in. I, I don't have as much of a worry there, but I, I think that that's the sort of yeah, Paul George who's struggling at the moment. You could do Zach Levine for Paul George plus plus another really good player, I reckon, at the moment with how George is going. I think that's something that you'd inquire about as well. Um, but yeah, I do think that you inquire about it, but you don't just panic sell. You don't just sell at any cost. Okay. All right. Thank you. No worries. All right. Let's go on. Who else is in the queue here? Um, we have got Mason Kent waiting patiently. Mason, how are you? I'm good, Josh. Um, I love absolutely love your show. Listen almost every day. And I have kind of a long-winded question here. So I'm currently first in my league, and I've done a great job of streaming guys and always being ahead every single week, and it's a 10-team points league. But now I'm realizing that I'm kind of like, don't have much talent anymore. I'm, really, I'm relying with, on guys such as like Thaddeus Young and Chris Boucher and Harrison Barnes. I'm kind of worried going to the playoffs like, wow, like I did great in the regular season, but now I'm kind of missing talent in the playoffs. Do you have any like um, insight or tips or something I could go after to like kind of boost my talent up to the playoffs? Okay, so I think from what I'm understanding from what you're saying there is that the worry that you have, I guess, is the names that you have aren't, you know, they're not like blowing you away. Like you say Harrison right. Barnes and Chris Boucher, but in terms of, you know, you're in a fantasy points league, if they're providing the points for you, it doesn't really matter what their names are. Like it's not about we need the best player on the court in the fantasy playoffs because that's how you win fantasy playoff games. It's literally exactly the same as what you've been right. doing during the regular season. So if those guys have been winning and if by using the numbers, accumulating the stats, buying low, selling high, using your waiver wire, streaming guys in is what's been getting you wins, it's not going to change in the playoffs. It's not like superstar playoffs step it up 
for other superstar playoffs players step it up in the playoffs for other teams and you need to make sure you've got that top end guy it, it doesn't work that way it's literally exactly the same as a regular season matchup even more so in a points league in a category league it is a little bit different because you only need to win 5-4 but in a, in a points league it's literally exactly the same so if that if that strategy if that streaming has been serving you well then I think you need to keep doing it and there's there's no reason why that just can't have the same success as you move on all right thanks Josh I appreciate that man keep up the good work thanks man thanks man all right, let's see who else have we got in here. If you are, do want to jump in the stay on the stage, uh, put in your speaker request, and we'll get to you in a second. We have got Andrew Saraf. Andrew, how are you? Hey, hi, Josh. Thanks for everything you do. No worries, man. Um, just a couple of quick questions. I picked up Dennis Smith Jr. the other day, but he's out today. Would you drop him in a twelve-team league to put in Diallo off the IL? Um, no, I wouldn't. I look, I don't. I don't anticipate this being a long-term situation here for Smith. Look, they're starting Rodney Magruder at point guard today. So they are desperately needing a point guard. And when he's back, he will play that role and he will play it with some pretty big minutes, I think. And if all you need to do is to get Diallo in for his first game, I'd rather just keep Diallo in that IL slot and wait to see what happens with Smith. And honestly, he might get the injured reserve tag if he misses two games, and you can just direct swap them after that. I don't think it's a necessity to get him out after one game, when I think he could maybe be a top 100 player for at least the next month or so once he returns. I'd, I'd be patient and hold, especially and again, especially on a day like today when there's 11 games on, there's a, an abundance of games, and you've probably got an abundance of games on your roster where you can just deal with that one guy being out, and then let's see where that goes from there. And then he might become IL eligible, and then it's an easy, an easy switch after that. Okay, thanks for that. And um, are you worried about Hunter and the the, the news about his knee um, again today? Yeah, it's not great. Look, I was surprised that he came back this early. I was concerned that he'd miss quite a bit of time, and then he came back about two weeks earlier, which is never a, never a great thing to me with a knee injury, and I'd always want to push towards the longer side of those, and that's when you ever hear me talk about knee injuries, if they say yeah, four to six time timetable, I'll say it's six to seven or something like that, and yeah, mm. the Hawks bringing him back early is always a worry, and now that he's dealing with soreness, I, I'm absolutely concerned with that, and I don't think we need to make a fantasy move based on that. Like I don't think we're dropping him because he's got soreness, but it is absolutely a worry that... You know, he was never going to, in my mind, get back to the numbers he had before the injury, but this is a, a real concern, and hopefully they haven't made the condition worse. But uh, it's a good point you bring up. Okay, and sorry to milk it, but are you really worried about DeLong? Would you drop him in a 10-team, or are you waiting to see what happens? I'd like to wait until I see what happens today with DeLong, right? Uh, I, I am pretty worried, again, as I've... I, I could be very wrong on this, but going from the primary ball handler to the guy that will be third in line to have the ball in his hands is a big drop in production. And his game isn't based on usage. So I don't think that's changing. It's It was getting really good assist numbers and steals. And the steals will probably stick, but I don't, I'm not convinced that the assist numbers will. They'll probably drop a little bit. And I think he will become a drop, but I'd just like to see what happens in today's game. All right, let's go to another speaker. Who else have we got on I- this list? Um, Yancey Mack, you're back again. Yancey. It's sir, me again. Um, what do you think about Nurkic's uh, Nurkic upside for the rest of the season? Do you think he's worth trading for? Or is it too risky? Um, I don't, well, that's again all those sort of questions. It's very um, dependent. Like, is he too risky? Would I give up Dennis Smith Jr. to get him? Like, absolutely. Would I give up DeAndre Hunter to get him? Yes. Like, that's not a risk to me. 
Yeah, right. a, a risk is giving up Rui Gobert to get him. Like that, that that's a risk that probably doesn't pay off. I, we, it's going to be a slow ramp up for Nurkic, but there's a real possibility fantasy playoff time that he's putting up top forty numbers. It, it might not happen, but I think there's a distinct chance of that. So, depending on what you'd have to get up to bring him in, and really this point is. Or even after today, to be honest, because he's only going to play 20 minutes or so. Even after today, might be a good chance to buy him at a really low price, not sending too much out, especially with the disappointment that he had to begin the year. I think there is a, a decent chance that he can um, exceed that value, um, but it, it's just all about what you have to give up to get him. In some cases, it'll be too much. In other cases, it'll be really, really good value. So I, I think it's worth inquiring about for sure. Okay, thank you. All right, and I think we'll do one more here. We've got... Uh, uh, Elon Ben is back, who wasn't here before. Aiden, I will get back to you in a sec, but let's go back to Elon, who dropped out before. How are you, my guy? Hey, can you hear me? I can. Appreciate the time, Josh. Uh, I just wanted to ask, do you think that uh, keeping Kevin Love is bad? I mean, I've had him all season. I know it's really crazy, but like, do you think he's going to be out for the season or is it worth it to even hold on to him at I, all? I wouldn't be bothering with him, to be honest. Like, It's been out for this long. He's got no confidence in his leg at all. He's going to be on limited minutes. Sure, maybe he puts up top 80 numbers for a week. I, I honestly don't think that. It's like, to me, he's in the case of like people holding on to Jaron Jackson or holding on to DeMarcus Cousins. The time to drop those guys was two months ago. And I think, and, and Hassan Whiteside, obviously. Uh, I think that, yeah, you, you're just holding, you're holding up a, a roster spot there. I don't think there's really any need for it. Uh, cool. And then do you think that, um, also, I just picked up Isaiah Stewart and Diallo, Hamadou Diallo. Do you think that maybe towards the end of the season, because they're like the younger guys, maybe they'll get more playing time, more usage, and they're like worth keeping for now? I think Diallo is going to get a pretty decent run at things. I think they'll limit guys like Magruder and Allington somewhat, and Diallo will put up some pretty decent numbers there. Um, I don't know if they'll go full Stewart and just play him 32 minutes a night. They might in May. I don't think they do it through April, but he is, even in his minimal minutes, he's like, you know, 22, 23 minutes, he's worth having in a lot of 12-team formats. So I, I think they're really strong guys to hold, and let's just see where it goes yeah, with the Pistons. Thank you for jumping on there. All right, let's go through. Oh, I've got a couple of new guys. We'll keep going here. Aiden Vahidi, you're back again. Uh, my trade deadline is tomorrow, so I thought I'd sneak one more in here. Yep. Um I was just wondering what you thought about Draymond Green in the playoffs. You know, he's, his uh, assists and rebounds and blocks are really important for me, but someone offered me uh, Gordon Hayward for Draymond Green and Marcus Smart. So I was wondering if you thought that would be a good two-for-one. Probably would. Like yeah, look, probably would. Obviously, it's a big change in stat set, though. Like you're talking about losing yeah, Smart, right. who's good at assists, great Green, who's good at assists, losing a ton of steals there as well. So that, it is right. a big change in what your team is. But again, your team is so strong that... I'd be loath to make moves that change a whole bunch of the makeup of the squad. But yeah, right. in a in a vacuum potentially, but I'm not looking at Draymond going, well, he's going to be terrible when we get to May. I, I just don't think that that's something that we should be banking on. So I'd be more inclined in your scenario, especially just to hold them. Like they've gotten you this far. Your team is strong. Makes they're, sense, yeah. They're making the, the, your, your lineup how it is. So yeah, I'd hold on to them. I also feel like, um, sorry, I just throw one more out there that I need to grab some more free throw percentage because I have a lot of guys that I just picked up like dragging me down like uh, mm -hmm. Jakob Pertl and Wendell Carter Jr. and all that. So I was wondering if uh, Rashawn Holmes and maybe PJ Washington for someone like, uh, what's his name, Chris Middleton might be a good move because to grab the free throw percentage of threes because mm -hmm. yeah, I picked up a lot of blocks guys. I feel like I could lose it. So if you can afford to lose the blocks and your Holmes' field goal percentage, then then sure. Like you've, if you pick that up in other areas you need to improve, then I think that's a, a fine move. But you know, I could argue, and I probably will, that Middleton and Holmes are probably equivalent value. Others may not right. see it that way, but 
that's the beauty of, of a category league is that you are able to exactly. make those decisions and I mean, say, it depends on it depends on what you need really yeah because i feel like yeah. milton gives it's they're really different like point guards and centers yep. that whole comparison exactly exactly right. anyway yeah. i okay. think that's fine yep thanks man right thank you bye all right let's who else have we got here in the queue let's go with cs banner trey how are you what's up josh hey man uh, so I have a five-team, uh, five-player keeper league. Yep. It's uh, ten teams. It's head-to-head Yahoo. Thirteen categories, including double doubles and triple doubles. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a rule that you can keep a uh, six keeper uh, if the rookie that you draft makes the all rookie team. Okay. So I have a situation on my hands where last year I drafted Zion, and this year I have six keepers. So my keepers are Lillard, uh, Booker, Christian Wood. Pascal Siakam, Zion, and Ben Simmons. So my question to you is, if you had to choose to get rid of one, who would it be and why? Well, it's not Zion. That's, you're keeping him there. It's probably not Wood. I. It might be Siakam. It might be Ben Simmons. It might be Simmons out of that group. Um, I would. What I'd be trying to do is depending on where you are in the standings this season, maybe you're trading one of those guys out so that you have for two other players who can increase your depth to help win it this year. Understand that you don't have to then keep them next season. Um, uh, that, that will be something I'd look at. But I think you know, the back-end guys there, like Simmons and Siakam, in general, with a five-keeper league, you, anyone who's outside a top 50 player is not someone you're generally going to be keeping in that scenario. But when your guys are all much higher than that, and especially in your leagues, including double doubles, um, which which changes things somewhat, um, I, I'd be yeah. I, I think it's probably those two guys who are your worst. Who, who like I'm just trying to remember who else is on your team. So you got those ones: Lillard, uh, Zion. Who's the who's the sixth one? Uh, Devin Booker. Okay, so I think you, oh okay, so Booker's season hasn't been particularly good. Yeah, I traded Butler. Mm. Over Booker, I had Butler, and Butler's going crazy right now. Yeah, but that I think in terms of future value, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think you can probably yep. extract some more from Booker in terms of future trades. Uh, yeah, look, I, I think I look at someone like Siakam and I go, where, how much better does he get from here? And I, I almost think the same of Simmons. I think it's going to be one of those two guys most likely. Okay, because I already have a, a an offer on the table, a first round pick and a player for. Zion, but I don't want to move him. So no, no, I wouldn't, be, wouldn't be moving him. Siakam. But I have time. I can do it in the offseason. Yep. Thanks. Thank you. Nice, man. All right. Let's go through these last two guys here. Quinn Hartwig, how are you? Hey, can you hear me? I can, man. Uh, awesome. Thanks for doing this, Josh. A big fan of the show. No worries. Um, I'm in fifth heading in towards playoffs, and I feel like I'm going to make it pretty confidently. My my bottom few guys all feel like they have top 100 upside. Mm-hmm. I'm in a 10-cat uh, league with no turnovers, with field goal made and double doubles. Mm-hmm. I know you, you're not a fan, but uh, I was wondering if of Tate, Keldon Johnson, uh, Isaiah Roby, Danny Green, Laurie Markman, and Dennis Smith Jr., and Will Barton, None of them feel like guys worth dropping for how sparse my wire is right now, but I'm used to streaming every week and, and now I can't stream. Do you think it's worth dropping one? So how 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 many teams did you say? Ten? Uh twelve. Twelve. But we have we have three IR spots and everyone stashes, so the mm. wire's a little shot like 
uh, more sparse than a traditional 12 team. There are, there are a few names there. Like, Keldon Johnson's obviously struggling at the moment and has struggled really outside of two games in the last month. And then, you know, the, the first three weeks of the season, he hasn't been particularly good. I think that he and Isaiah Roby are probably options to stream in. And look, when you get to the playoffs, streaming becomes vitally important. So while you can say, well, you might have top 100 upside, like getting five games versus three is 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 important. Like people will, you know, froth over making a fantasy playoff scheduled trade to get a five-game week versus a three-game week all the time, but they won't necessarily consider it as much for the, the worst player on their roster who plays three games versus streaming to get five or six games in when it's as important, if not more important, to be able to do that because you can tailor what categories you want by streaming guys in on different days. So I, I think that those two guys in particular, Roby and Johnson, really do stand out to me as guys who in that 12-team format, the, the value you get from streaming in that spot will be higher than their individual value to keep. So I think yeah, depending on where those teams sit and, and depending on what happens with Roby and Brown and Horford and Tony Bradley in Oklahoma City, like Roby's value might be not very much at that point. So I'd, I'd be just uh, keeping an eye on those two and seeing where that goes. Okay. And do you think it would be worth starting to stream one of those spots sooner rather than later to try and maybe increase my position heading into playoffs or would you wait a little bit and see how it shakes out? Um, I'd probably wait a little bit. Again, if you're probably going to, if you're going to make the playoffs, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Like seedings, unless you're going up against a team that's almost unbeatable, seeding doesn't matter that much, especially if you work the playoffs um, and stream pro- properly during that time. Like you can beat pretty much anyone unless the team again is, is completely stacked that I wouldn't worry a huge amount about, uh, about seeding in that scenario. Okay. Thanks for the time, man. This is a really cool uh, thing you're doing here. No worries, man. Thanks. All right, let's do the last one now. Chris Alice is here. Chris, welcome back. I remember you here last week. Yes, sir, I was. How you doing? Good, man. I'm doing. Thanks. Uh, Let me get back on again. So, quick question. So, I was looking like on Basketball Monster, and I use a a few other sites, and I was noticing like it says my team is like isn't ranked that well, but um number two in a nine cat 10 team league uh i stream a lot i usually have between like three and four streaming spots per week so i usually get a lot of stats that way i mean a lot of categories that way um is that gonna hurt me in the playoffs you know to have an opinion on streaming to win or is that just like arbitrary not my team that, that's how you win in the playoffs, really. Now, the, the thing you the problem you might run into is you, the opponents will start to stream more too. But if you don't stream in the playoffs, like you, you're not you're not going to win, really. Like you need to get those games in as much as possible and play to the strengths of your team and you know, attack the weaknesses of your opponent. So streaming is super important, uh, especially during the fantasy playoffs. I wouldn't worry that you're relying upon it now. It's a it's a totally fine strategy and it's going to serve you well when you get to the playoffs because you know how to do it, you know how to attack it properly, you know where to get that most value and extract as many games as you, as you possibly can, I think is the way to go. So thank you, Chris, for jumping in. Thanks. All right, guys, that'll do it for today's uh, locker room. Appreciate everyone being here and having a chat and going through and asking questions has been really good. Don't forget, you can always find this podcast wherever you find your good podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. I'm on YouTube. Give me a thumbs up over there. Leave a comment. Guys, we're done here in the locker room. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.